Hey family, welcome to the Grabbing My Sword podcast. Here we are honest about our mistakes, we are open about our journey, and we are looking to be transformed through the word of God. I pray that this podcast will bless your soul, and I pray that you will enjoy it. God bless you. What's up, what's up family? Welcome to another episode of Grabbing My Sword Podcast. I'm your host, Tavon. And uh, before we get started, I just want to thank all my supporters, everybody that has been tapping in and listening. You always know uh, I appreciate you. Thank you for all the encouraging words. So today I have a special guest on my episode, and I'm really excited for this episode. I feel like it's going to be fire out of every guest that I had. I feel like this is going to be the best one. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Jeez, Tay, no pressure, right? <laughs> no pressure at all. Okay, so I'm going to introduce myself, but can I just say how I love the name of your podcast? Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, grab my sword. I feel like you're about to, like, <laughs> you know, chop somebody up, right? I got that from a, I got that from a Bible verse. Ah. The, the last uh, of the full armor of God, um, grabbing my sword, represents, you know, the Bible, so... Okay. Timing into timing into that. If we have our main weapon that we need for warfare, we'll overcome the enemy. Okay. So that yeah, okay. that's Okay, I, I love it. Home. Perfect. Thank you, thank you. Okay, so I am Pastor Patrice Smith. And you said a little bit about myself? Yeah, a little bit about yourself. Tell the people. Okay, so I am a um let's see here, just some of the hats I wear. I'm a wife, a mm. mother. Um, I am a businesswoman, like entrepreneur, and also work in corporate. Um, I am the founder and executive director of I Prevail. Um, I also serve here at City of Joy, Best where church. we know Acts 8 and 8 said there was great joy. In that city. You know. <laughs> All right. So um, I have the honor of serving as first lady here as well, and also like one of the staff pastors. Mm. So I'm just like, um, it's just a person that love God and love his people and, um, yeah, looking for any way I can serve and be a light Amen. basically. Yeah. Amen. So you say you, uh, are an entrepreneur business. What type mm-hmm. of business you got? Um, so I had a, uh, boutique mm-hmm. It was called PS boutique, um, for a season, but, um, I, Close down PSP because the Lord told me to. Um, that was a whole. That's a whole nother podcast, right? So, um, but we can get into it if yeah. you want to. We might end up there. We okay. never know. We might end up there about how the shifts and transitions and God, how you know our yes isn't always. Sometimes God's no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, and also um, in the nonprofit sector right now was through I Prevail. So that's where I have my entrepreneurship hat laid at, and also I serve as a consultant. Um, to other businesses okay. and um, and also like different organizations as well. Okay, so let's talk about I Prevail. Okay. Got a conference coming up September 27th. Nah, boy, 28th, 28th. September 28th through the 30th. Through the 30th, mm-hmm. okay. The Kalahari Resorts. Let's let's start, let's talk about the history of it. Like, okay. The I'm talking about like in the mind, the idea. When, what, what was going on? Okay, so... I Prevail actually started out as a theme to a women's retreat mm. um, that in 2012. And you said the thought process or the mind yeah, of the how. Thought process. So I was actually in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains. Um, I was at a retreat. Actually, it was Burning Bushes. Shout out to Burning Bush. I was at Burning Bushes um, women's retreat. Mm. And I was outside doing my devotional and prayer. And the Lord 
just downloaded um, into me about um, coming from a place of victory, operating, mm-hmm. walking in perpetual victory. And it was like, um, prevail. Um, I prevail. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, okay, that's the theme. The theme is I prevail. And um, so that's the thought process. I'm prevailing. We're walking in victory over every obstacle, every opposition. We already won. So that was the declaration and um, the theme. And then that was 2012. And the following year, it was like, well, we still prevail. So it's still going to be I prevail. So then it went from being a theme to our women's retreat to mm-hmm. being the name of the conference or the organization um, I prevail. So I prevail started out as a women's retreat that we would get together once a year and go to Kalahari. We actually did a conference um, at City of Joy as well. Okay. Um, and then the women, I would say even the men too, because they be trying to find a way to get there. Because <laughs> it's like that. Um, you know, it's like that. It's really transformative and life-changing. Um, and the women was, would come to me be like, Pastor Patrice, like, we need this year round. Mm-hmm. So, because what happened is you get so like um, uh, inspired and ignited, and because yeah. you're in a fishbowl, right? And then you go out into the real world, and they needed like tools to be able to help them mm-hmm. through their day to day life outside of the conference. So that's how it became a nonprofit organization. So I heard him. So now it's I Prevail 365 okay. is the extension of it. So that's where we offer mentoring workshops. We are 501c3 incorporated. Um, so that's, it just kind of grew and evolved from that. Okay. So, um, dang, I just lost my train of thought for a second. So, so, um, it's all year round. So when you mentoring, are you just mentoring women or, Officially, officially, officially okay. women, but um, I prevail 365 is for men and women. Okay. So come on, man, y'all can tap in too. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. So what type of mentoring is like g- g- given? So basically uh, what it is, is we go through like a whole gifts and skills assessment and it's really based off of the individuals. Everyone okay. has different goals and aspirations. When I am mentoring someone, I also call myself the purpose pusher, right? And um, that's a gifting that I believe the Lord has really um, placed on me mm-hmm. is to be able to um, see something in someone and that they may not necessarily have saw in themselves and push them towards their purpose or the discovery piece mm-hmm. of it. Um, so what I like to do is to help you tap into you. Mm-hmm. And because really... Before the foundation of the world, you may have heard me say this before, there was a void that the Lord knew was going to be on earth. And he knew that that void, only Tavon can fill that void. So he took you out of eternity and he placed you into time Mm -hmm. to fill that particular void for whatever season that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. So it's, I believe it's my call and my job to help you or help others as they go along this journey of discovering their gifts, discovering mm-hmm. their talents and empowering them to use it and not to be fall victim to um, what you've been told is a possibility for you. So it was really um, being able to tap into your potential and turning your potential into purpose. So that's like, one sector of the the mentoring program was from potential to purpose, and then it goes from um, 
from purpose to power. Okay. Yeah. So I was about to stop you real quick. Okay. You just made some some interesting points. And I really don't know which question, because I got a lot of questions brewing in my head right okay. now. Um, I'm going to start with the potential to power, because a lot of people, they get their potential, and they, I mean, potential and purpose. A lot mm-hmm. of people get potential mm-hmm. and purpose mixed up. Yeah. Can you explain to us, like, what's the difference between the two? Sure. So potential is I have the ability to do something, right? Um, I have the ability to shoot a basketball hoop, a basketball and put it in a hoop. Um, But I wasn't purposed (laughs) to be a basketball player, if that makes sense. Just because you have potential and you may have like gifts in a certain area, it doesn't mean that's what you were purposed for. So you can use a uh, spatula to flip over a burger, right? But you can also use a spatula. That's what it was purposed for, was to flip things and Mm -hmm. to cook things but people sometimes use spatulas for all different types of things that it wasn't purpose for swat a fly all kinds of nasty things (laughs) right so that's the difference between potential and purpose okay i heard a pastor once say um i forgot who else listened to his sermon that he said uh jesus died on a cross with all the potential in his world but Mm -hmm. he completed his purpose yes and i think for a lot of us uh we get so caught up in seeing what others is doing in this mm-hmm. world is that we try to take our potential and just do uh, everything. Yeah. And we forget, like, we're here created for a certain purpose. And it's when we try to follow our potential instead of our purpose mm-hmm. that we go opposite direction of what God really created us for. So how do you get people to take what they, are, what they have potential for and purpose them into their purpose? Like, how do you get them to transition in that? My favorite thing is to ask a question, a three-letter word that most people can't answer. What is it? Why. What's your why? You know? Um, So when it comes down to potential, why do you want to do that? Mm. You know? Like, what do you, and that's when you tap in and start to begin to tap into, okay, are you comparing yourself to, like, I see this person or that person doing this and that, and you, it becomes a measuring stick, right? You're measuring yourself against someone else versus, this is my lane, this is what I am, you may not even know what you're supposed to do, which is okay, right? Um, But this is what my gifts, my talents are, and this is my lane. I'm not going to see another car in another lane, like, ooh, I like that car. I like how fast that car is going or how shiny that car is. Mm -hmm. So let me shift into that car's lane. Mm -hmm. So my main thing of when I'm working with someone um, when dealing with their potential versus their purpose is asking them why, first off, like, what is your why? And then also, like, uh, how can I say it? Like your purpose, we we got to dig a little bit deeper into that because sometimes people think your purpose is just one thing. Yeah. And that's just it. Right. I, I'm looking for my purpose. Like it's this, oh, this big aha moment. That's my purpose. But my purpose 10 years ago is totally different than my purpose right now. But I believe that my purpose 10 years ago prepared me for where I am now and what I'm doing now. My purpose right now is preparing me for my purpose down the road, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good purpose has seasons. Exactly. It has seasons. It's not just this one end all, be all. I was purposed to be a, I don't know, 
I'm just going to say pastor because that's, you know, pastor or speaker and things like that. But prior to that, like I was uh, an usher. Mm. I cleaned the, the church. I was a Sunday school teacher. I was uh, the president of the youth department. You know, um, I was an you know, I'm still an altar worker. I served um, as my first lady's armor bearer. You know, all those different things. I served in different capacity of ministry, really, like, for um, all my life, but really for 10 years. And it prepared me for being in the role that I'm in today. So um, that was my purpose then. It was my purpose to be a Sunday school teacher. It was my purpose to be, um, to clean so the church or to know how to serve because, Nowadays, if there's nothing, no one to do it, I am capable and I'm able to do so. It led me up to here. And what I'm doing right now is going to lead me to something else online. I like that. Yeah. I, I never, I really never even thought of it like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like, I just thought like it was one purpose mm-hmm. because even in my life, like I see like I can do a lot of different things. And like my mm-hmm. purpose is like being a parole officer, mm-hmm. helping people uh, rehabilitation and then being in ministry helping people on that way but I never really like paid attention to how you're it's a different purpose in every different season so mm-hmm. that that was great so but that brings me to my next point um you talked about being a a, a purpose pushing somebody into purpose mm-hmm. personally how hard is that for you because I know for me being a person I just had this conversation with my friend the other day um he had texted me and he well that day he asked me like how I was doing I was so like I was a little down and stuff and mm-hmm. he had listened to my podcast or whatever and got to texting me uh, about how I blessed him and everything mm-hmm. else and I was also talking to somebody and somebody was asking me what was wrong and I'm like uh, and it it'll all be all right like I just mm-hmm. kept saying it'd be all right, at, right in the end and then they was like why do you always do that like you always pour into people and help people out but then you be left with the crumbs I was like. I mean, that's what I was, you know, that's all I was used to. So how is it being a, a, a purpose pusher? Because I know for me, I get so caught up and invested to others that sometimes I forget to invest into myself. Yes. So how's that for you? That is a learning curve for me, just being 100% honest. Being a purpose pusher, um, helping push people into their purpose is fulfilling. And it is also like it's filled my heart and it's also broken my heart. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like when you, for me personally, I get very um, personally invested into um, people. Yeah. I want to see you win. Yeah. I want to see you, like, when I was, when I talk about I prevail, like, that's just not just me. Like, I want you to prevail. Yeah. And I want, I want to see everybody winning. And um, sometimes I would give of my time, my talent, my treasure, just if you see like a spark in someone and you just know that they need that little push. Because let's face it, for me personally, I was that one that, um, that's another thing about I Prevail. Like you ever walk into a room and um, everybody, like think about you walk into a room and everyone's sitting at a table and they all have their own seats and their own clicks, so to speak. And you walk in like, man, where do I fit in? And so the whole guise of it is, like, you can sit with me. That's, like, and that's the whole thing with the mentoring. That's the whole thing with I Prevail is you can sit, you can sit at my table. And as we sit at this table, if I'm, if I'm eating, you eating. If I'm, like, if I'm breaking bread, you breaking bread with me. Yeah. If I'm winning, you winning with me. If I have an opportunity, I'm going to be like, hey, 
here's an opportunity for you. If you don't know how to do it, I'm going to do helps get down in the trenches with you and prep you for these opportunities. That's yeah. like, that has, it fulfills my heart when I see people able to walk in their purpose and like get more confidence and discover that. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. But on the flip side of it, um, I've had like hurt from that to where people go from being like inspired to sometimes, you know, I've got my heart broken. I'm just going to keep it at that. Like people were flipping on you mm-hmm. quick, fast, in a hurry, unfortunately. So I get what you're saying. Then also the whole point of like um, pouring from an empty cup, uh, that to be careful with that. The main thing of what I've found with being someone that's pouring constantly mm-hmm. is to making sure that we're whole because, um, if we're whole, um, as we're being poured into, like it's not seeping out. Mm. And as you, you get what I'm saying, yeah. and it's able to, and also that having that time where you're honest and you draw away, like I just need to just a minute to just recollect myself, because yeah. you know, like even the Bible, like Jesus would go and do all types of healings and things like that, and then it would say he was still away. Yeah, he was going to recharge, you gotcha. know, and also being honest with that. And one thing. I kind of talked a little bit earlier in the introduction about me closing my um, store and the Lord told me to, because at that time I was working full time um, as a prevention supervisor. I was the general manager for our restaurant um, that we had. I was also had my store PS boutique, um, you know, with full blown like brick and mortar store with employees and stuff like that. So I was working like, three jobs like it's a lot it's a lot on top of and I was doing ministry and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I was like that's a lot it was a lot I was running crazy I was oh I was and I say like I loved it though Mm. I was like oh man I feel so I'm so fulfilled I'm doing this I'm doing that or whatever I'm able to help employ people I'm helping give people opportunities I'm getting opportunities I loved it but then once the pandemic hit I was able to sit down and I realized how tired I was mm-hmm. and the Lord. And I was like, you know, I put my cape on. I caught it like I'm superwoman. <laughs> so I was wearing that cape like with, pro- you know, I was proud to wear my mm-hmm. cape. I'm like, you know, I'm superwoman. You know, I'm super, super, superwoman. I'm superwoman. I was saying I'm a superwoman. And then the Lord just told me, take that cape off, girl. You mm-hmm. don't have to be super when you serve a supernatural God. That's good. So I I I um retired my cape. And when I retired my cape, that meant um that meant also um closing my store that I loved that built from the ground up. I felt like it was punishment, but it was really God protecting me. That would meant um closing the doors on I had to close the doors to that season in order for God to open the doors for the next. So yeah. So that was that was literally about to be my next question. Giving up something that you love, mm-hmm. and how did it fail? And I know for me, like having to release something that you really wanted, mm-hmm. like you said, it feels like punishment. It's like, dang, like I don't want to get rid of this. Like, why wow, I got to get this up? Or yeah. it just feels like I wasn't really worthy to have that mm-hmm. because it 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 just didn't work out. But mm-hmm. in and in reality, it did work out. Right. 
for that season. So mm-hmm. I was I was literally about to ask you like how does it how did it feel like giving up? It's horrible. <laughs> it was absolutely awful. It was very ghetto. It was very low vibration. I it was, I hated every moment of it. Listen, the Lord told me in 2019. Um, it was like October 2019, um, not to renew my lease on my store. And listen, I was making money. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I was making money. Yeah. People was coming in the store. They were shopping with me. I had employees. I was like, I'm managing this. Like, what sure. you mean? Like, so I was like, I'm not closing my store. And again, it came to me again in November. Don't renew the lease. You got to close your store. And I said, like, Well, God, why would you? No, nah, man. Because then that's gonna be like a failure. Right. That's gonna look like a failure. And I prevail. You know, I don't lose, right? We don't lose through God. And um, so I really fought with the Lord. I cried, and it just, I could not let it go. So I had, I sent an email to my landlord um, at the time. and just like, hey, you know, I won't be able to renew my lease. And then I had to go and let my customers know, hey, I won't be renewing my lease. Um, March 1st will be our last day open. And I had to do a liquidation sale, and people start to, you know, people get their, you know, oh, well, okay, oh, you got to close your store, huh? Or you got, you know, it was just, it was a humbling experience, and I was just like, well, I'm closing my store because I want to. I didn't want to close my store, but I really had to. The Lord, and it sounded weird to people, like, oh, God told me to close my store. I'm like, okay, God told you. Like, no, he really did tell me to close my store. So he told me to close my store. I cried about it. I fussed about it. I cried some more. I was hurt. I felt like, I said, well, maybe I did something that I'm being punished for because it made no sense to me, right? So you're trying to, like, list your sins, right? <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? <laughs> trying to go back to see, did I offend somebody? Lord, did I do wrong? Did I do wrong? <laughs> Lord, is somebody um, praying against me? You know, all types of things. Listen, I was when I say there, if there was right there, I went there yeah. in my head. And I thought it was punishment up until March 16th of 2020. The pandemic happened. Pandemic happened. So I turned in my keys March 1st. Mm. Cried. Drove to drive, drove to the place to turn in my keys, crying. Loaded up my store, crying, putting, you know, setting up the things up in my basement, in my house, crying about it. After I dropped my keys off, cried. And then the news was on. Oh, and then I just shut down, shut down everything. March 16th, everything was shut down. All non-essential businesses was shut down. Imagine if I had assigned that lease. It would still been open. That's, that had been been on the hook for another two years, a minimum two years for a lease, and I wouldn't have been able to been open, but I still would have to pay that money. The Lord was protecting me and also gave me insight into the shift that was happening. Mm, that's good. What, mm-hmm. I, what I just heard from that, going back to the word I prevail, um, what I just took from that is separation mm-hmm. is victory. Yeah. And we don't like to separate from certain stuff or certain people. Mm-hmm. But what I've learned through separation of separating from things is that you gain something. Mm-hmm. And if you would have never separated, what would you have gained? What would you have potentially lost? You would have lost something. I would have lost a lot. You would have lost something that mm-hmm. you did not, that God did not want you to lose. So mm-hmm. the separation essentially protected you, protected mm-hmm. you. And that's why I think obedience is so important. And I'm learning that through being more obedient. Cause I'm going to be honest. I wasn't always the, the obedient child. Like mm-hmm. I grew up the, like 
a little bit disobedient, a little bit obedient. I was mm-hmm. on the on the fence and stuff, but I learned like the more that I was obedient, disobedience was God protecting me from something. Mm-hmm. Because if I would have did the opposite, I would have ended up in a different place in a different season than I should have would have been in if I would have done that. So obedience was some obedience is something there that is to protect us yep. from ourselves. So that's so that's that's really good. And then you you also touched on like being in your being in your uh your thoughts and your mind. Mm-hmm. That's something that I used to like struggle with badly. Mm-hmm. Like it was like crazy. Like when I got into my thoughts, like mm-hmm. I was the type of person that if I'm gonna I'm gonna first I'm gonna think about it and then I'm going to find my own answer and own solution mm-hmm. and then like I was just running myself crazy. Like I was always planning out every scenario in my head even mm-hmm. before I even seen the scenario. Mm-hmm. So how did you combat the thoughts in your mind with the actual truth? I just really had to draw into my faith because the Lord was clear with me that I had what I had to do. And um, that comes from, like, having, like, a prayer life. Like, I, they say you pray like your life depends on it. Like, that's every day, right? Um, and that's the only thing I could draw from. I couldn't get any – when I say I was upset, I was, I'm not just saying, like, I was upset a little bit. I was upset a lot. But I had really had to draw um, off my faith on that. Like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. They say you do a scare. I do a scare versus not doing it um, at all. So – but it was definitely a battle. And that is also shown in the Bible. You mm-hmm. know, um, you even think about like um, King David, how he like wrote those Psalms. And um, some of the Psalms talks about like his enemies coming and the Lord letting them, you know, pursue him. And he's feeling like forsaken and stuff like that. But then it goes to another day where he was like, you know, how great are thou, you know, and then it goes, um, even Jesus said, you know, um, Lord, if it's your will, take this cup from me, you know, it's just, that's the, that's our humanity Mm. It's the humanity. And that's the thing sometimes too, as Christians, um, we forget to embrace that humanity piece of us. Um, and we like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this. No, feel that. Feel all of that that you're feeling. And there's nothing wrong with you because you're going to take those feelings and those emotions and everything that you went through. And once you get to the other side of it, that's going to be your testimony. And then you're going to be able to see somebody else going through like, hey, bro, like, I've been there. I felt that. And sometimes we just try to run from that feeling when God wants us to embrace that. Cause that's like, he says in his, in the Bible, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So, you know, and that's where, that's where I got my, uh, my brand. I am Mm -hmm. from what I, what I felt. And when I was in my season of like, I, I always tell this, well, I don't always tell the story, but I've told it to a couple of people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember going to my therapy, therapy section, session back in 2020 mm-hmm. and I walked in and usually when I walk into my therapy session like I kind of like I sit at a at a place where I can see the clock mm-hmm. so like this the door is like right here and I walk straight in it's a chair I sit where I can see the clock mm. and sometimes I come in and I'm engaging and then sometimes like I come in and I don't say nothing. I just stare at the clock and I wait for my ther- therapist to say something to me. Mm-hmm. And I be feeling like I'm the therapist because it's like, you're supposed to be giving mm-hmm. me the answers and stuff. But it seemed right. like 
I had to learn through therapy. Like, therapy is more of me talking and her talking. But then this one time I just did something completely different. I don't know, like, why. But I came in, instead of sitting in the chair, I just sunk right on the floor. Mm. And I always hold this pillow, so I grabbed the pillow, I just sunk on the floor. And we sat there for, like, ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, a good ten minutes. No, Nobody said nothing. And I was just, like, I was just crying. Mm-hmm. And then I just, like, she asked me, like, what, what, what's, the, what's wrong? I'm like, man, I just want to be normal. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm tired of, like, feeling like this. And I remember mm-hmm. telling her, like, I was, I've been praying to God, like, mm-hmm. stop me from feeling like this. Like, I'm tired of these emotions. I, I don't feel right. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like something is, like, I feel weird at, at a sense. Like, mm-hmm. that weird kid at the table that nobody wants to sit. I feel mm-hmm. like that. Like, I just want to be normal again. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, what if this is what God wanted for you? Mm-hmm. Like, he, what if he wanted you to be different? And, and then she also said, like, there's no reason to feel unnormal because you have emotions. As mm-hmm. humans, we have emotions. As humans, yeah. we have feelings. As humans, this life is a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. It's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. And as human beings, we have to embrace whatever we're feeling. When she told me that, I really had to sit with that. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I had to tell myself, like, is it is totally fine to not be okay. Mm-hmm. So it made me look at mental health from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And it also helped me to, like, encourage my other friends who are males. Like, bro, you can cry. My one cousin, he would not cry for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, one day he he had got uh, he had got shot, and I had called him. And I'm trying, like, to have this conversation, no tears coming out of my eyes. And I just started crying. You know how you can tell when somebody on the phone and they're crying? Mm-hmm. He like, bro, are you crying right now? He like, I can't do this right now. I hung up. But mm-hmm. it, I'm like, through me learning that experience, that it's okay to not be okay, I tried to, like, help others to realize, like, listen, if you cry, you cry. So what? Like, mm-hmm. we're we're entitled to have feelings. We're entitled to have emotions. Mm-hmm. We're entitled to not feel Okay. You're not mm-hmm. a robot. Like, mm-hmm. we're not robots. So that's something that I learned, and that is a testimony that I carry. Like, let those tears out because yeah. whatever you sow in tears. When I see somebody crying, I start praying for them. Whatever, you're, whatever they're sowing in tears, God, let them reap it in joy. That's right. Our, our tears are the waters to the seas that we have in the ground, and God wants to use that Period. To, sow, to reap in joy. 100%. 110%. I'm giving you beauty for your ashes. And to be honest with you, um, a lot of people aren't vulnerable, vulnerable enough to cry because it goes back to like, you know, even how we're not serious, what happened to you as a kid. Yeah. Um, we've always was told, stop that crying. Quit that crying, especially yeah. our, our young men, our boys. We tell them boys don't cry. Yeah. Right. And it's something that, and I can go to a whole soapbox of how that has a lot to do with systematic racism um, and things of that nature um, of where we are conditioned, especially as African-Americans, to be, uh, well, quote unquote, strong. Yeah. Right. And if you aren't strong, then this world is going to gobble you up. Right. Because of um, the different things that you all 
as black males experience out in the world and even we as black women um, experience um, in the world. So we develop this demeanor of where we have to be tough and it's not really authentic to how God created us to be. He created us with emotions for a reason. And um, it was a way for us to mask how we really feel. And we just became a bunch of pretenders to be honest with you. And um, yeah, a bunch of pretenders. And you can never heal what you don't reveal, right? And crying is not a punk move. Sometimes that's a power move, you know, Um, to release that. And um, and I think I'm glad that you are encouraging your friends to get in tap with that piece of it. It doesn't mean you're soft or there's something wrong with you. That means you're identifying with pain. And you're acknowledging, I feel pain right now. And God, I need you or whatever. And and like you said, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Yeah. You gotta gotta get up. You gotta get up. You gotta get back going. Gotta mm-hmm. got to. You got to. Got to. And and that that's something that I've I've learned too about myself. Because I used to like when I was in my season of depression, like when I wasn't feeling okay, like days straight like mm-hmm. i'm cool on this and i actually put this on one of my other podcasts so the listeners gonna hear it like twice mm-hmm. i remember like always saying like man i quit like i'm mm-hmm. I'm just tired of this i'm giving up and then the next day i'm doing exactly the opposite of quitting mm-hmm. and it was like god was training me like yo even though this hard you gotta get back into the fight you can't you can't you can't give up you gotta push through it And that's like really, um, as you know, any muscle is built through resistance. Um, But it puts me in mind of like a door. And you ever try to like push open a door, but it was something blocking that door. And you're like, you know what, let me push. And it's hard, but if I put a little bit more effort on it, then that obstacle that's on the other side of this, it has to move out my way. So I'm going to push through and I'm going to put some effort and I'm going to put some uh, on it mm-hmm. because on the other side of this, it's, it's going to move what's on the other side of this. It's and It's victory. Here, yeah, so it's victory for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty powerful, Tay. It's, it's, I don't want to get my whole soapbox about that whole thing of, like, our traumas and things of that nature. No, so it's, it's, No, 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 but, but it's true, though. Like, mm-hmm. you see it in a lot of black families and – I can't even say that I seen that with my dad. Like I didn't really have, I didn't really have a relationship with my dad. Mm-hmm. But when he was around, it was just like, bro, like you trying to be somebody that you you're not. Mm-hmm. And I even seen it with people that I I, I supervised, like being at probation. Um, this one kid, I, I really invested myself into him mm-hmm. because like you're 18, you're putting yourself in a situation that you don't gotta gotta be in. I seen it in some of my friends growing up where they were not like some of my friends were about the street life, mm-hmm. and then some of them was like trying to like fit in, mm-hmm. and it caused them to go down a hole that they didn't have to be. And it's it's so frustrating to see because it's like at the end of the day, you're trying to get their approval. Mm-hmm. And getting their approval is going to end you in one or two places. Mm-hmm. Dead or in jail yeah. or in prison. And I've been in prisons. Like I, I had to go to a prison a couple months ago. I'm, I'm cool on that. Like I'm cool. Yeah, on, I'm not gonna survive in prison. I, I, I can't go to jail. I can't go. 
Yeah, you are. <laughs> they will have their way with you. <laughs> I listen. I break out in highs if I don't have my Zyrtec at night because I'm allergic to everything. Right? Mm. I will not surprise survive prison. Absolutely not. I'm not gonna survive the outside. Listen, you gotta know your know your truth. You know, Aristotle said the first part of all wisdom is to know thyself. And I ain't going I to jail. <laughs> I'm following the law. I'm me. following the law. Okay. And so. they gotta they gotta use the bathroom right then and there in the same room as somebody. I can't do that. I cannot. Okay. I cannot do that. And I and I hate that for our community because yeah. it's like the music we listen to mm-hmm. that. Like, well, can I stop you on on that too? Like, it could, it is definitely the music, um, because music is an outlet for especially like a lot of young kids who are like latchkey or um, parent maybe single family home um, may not necessarily have their parents there, so music is an escape, right? And so they begin to idolize what they hear, what yeah. they see. Um, but on the flip side, is that's kind of even tapping into the whole thing of what we do. What I prevail is. Most people that I come in contact with have been a caricature of what they were told they were. Mm. Some people don't even really realize, like, I'm like, well, who told you that you were that? Like, because it's something that you've always heard. So then it becomes what you believe about yourself. So it's really about tapping into not who you think you are or who others told you that you are um, but is really tapping into um, who God created for you to be yeah. and um, a lot of times um, at least I can't say a lot of times at least for me growing up I wasn't asked what do you like what do you enjoy doing what are you good at um, you know questions like that mm-hmm. uh, wasn't asked um, or told, oh, you can be this or you can be that. You know, it just it was just okay. When I went to graduated from high school, I knew college was the next step, and I went and I graduate. I uh, studied criminal justice. Mm. Like, what am I gonna do with criminal justice? Like, you see me as like a cop or a parole officer. I'm like, oh no, you everybody go free. Everybody, you know, it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, so, but the reason I did that was because my aunt, who, like, both my aunts that I really admired and looked up to, they they, uh, majored in criminal justice. I was just like, oh, okay, well, I'll do it, too. Not knowing, like, I don't, and I got to doing the work. I was like, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to do this, and it wasn't, like, Really until I believe it was like a, one of my therapists asked, like, what do you, what do you, tell me what you don't like. What do you like? What are you good at? And I had to like think about it and itemize it. And then that I enjoy talking to people. I enjoy helping people. Um, I enjoy like processes, things being in order, you know, those different things. And I was like, oh, so I probably would have did better in this type of career versus that. So yeah. that's part of that tapping into who you were created to be, not who you were told you were. You like you ever heard somebody say, "You just like your daddy," "You, you just like you, your mama." You realize that the <laughs> who did I say this to? It was Yana actually. Uh, uh-huh. That everybody always said that you the side of the family that you go see, they always say you look like that parent. 
Uh-huh. Like, like my my mother's house had looked like my mother. My dad's house had looked like my dad. That it's yeah. just always so funny to me. I just yeah. had to throw it out there. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Well, I don't know. Just sometimes it just depends on how strong those them jeans yeah. are, you know. So it just be so funny to me. But yeah. um, that's that is deep. I don't think mm-hmm. I ever got asked when I was little what did I like. Mm-hmm. Then again, I was just trying stuff like. I I literally I was that type of kid where like I would try something out mm-hmm. with I don't know what it is I'm just gonna try it out mm-hmm. because I was that's the way I try to I found myself it's just to try something out but at a young age I realized like I love helping people and I think I don't want to say I was forced to help people mm-hmm. but it was like my my grandmother at a young age she installed in me how to be there for people like mm-hmm. if it was an older lady. Go over there and help her out. Mm-hmm. Like I so through my grandmother pushing me to help people out, I I enjoy to start doing that and that's mm-hmm. how I got into like junior ushering and then mm-hmm. he- helping with at, at church and stuff, like doing a little small stuff and helping in my community and stuff like doing that's how I found my way, just trying stuff out and then mm-hmm. my grandmother telling me to like go do something. But I don't really I never got asked what do I like either when I was a kid. That's mm-hmm. it's funny. Yeah. So that's that's part of it. So it's just it's about self discovery. Yeah. You know? So And it's hard. Self discovery. It's it's a long process, but once you I feel like once you really tap in and like, okay, this is something I like, then you 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 found the path that you should begin to take. Mm-hmm. And that's I see that a lot in college. Like a lot of people walk in, they don't know what they want to major in. Mm-hmm. And they get to year two, still don't know what to major in. And then they feel like there's so much pressure from home. Like, mm-hmm. oh, everybody asks me, like, what I'm majoring in? I don't know what to major in. And it's so stressful to them. And it's just like, just keep trying. Like That's it. Just keep trying. Just throw things. some spaghetti in the wall. Something going to stick. Just, you know? Yeah. That's just, I know that sounds like real bad advice. But I always say, like, the whole diurnal thing, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be both and. And when I tapped into that, I don't have to be one or the other. I, I can, can do both. both. You know, that was a game changer for me. You know, um, that's, yeah, that was a game changer for me, that whole both and. I don't have to choose. I, I can do both. You know, I can be both, both and on that. So. It's, and it's just all about, this is all about managing. But you mm-hmm. said something earlier that I wanted to touch on. Um, oh, obstacles. Overcoming mm-hmm. obstacles. Um, one mm-hmm. thing I, I would tell the people is like, when you when you are faced with obstacles, find a way. Like mm-hmm. it's like what I prevail means. I'm going to prevail regardless. Like it's just all about finding a way to get to the other side. And find a way, but also not giving up in the moment. Yeah. So what happens is the adversary would trick you into thinking, "Oh, it's all over for you." Might as well quit now, but really you're right there on the cusp of something. Like this says here to prove more powerful than opposing forces, Mm. you know, to prove more powerful than those obstacles because God has given me the tools that I needed to overcome, you know. So that's the thing. We sometimes we quit too soon and uh, and also knowing, okay, I'm feeling this right now. But it won't always feel like this. That's another time that my life changed. Like shortly after um, my brother got killed, 
I'm in 2010 mm. and I went through this uh, depression. Um, it was very intense. Uh, as a first lady, new first, first lady, I only, the church had been open for a year um, to lose my brothers very, very close to him. Mm. Um, like my brothers and I are <coughs> it's very, very tight. So losing him was very devastating for me. Went to a severe depression, like to where I didn't want to live anymore. Cause I, it wasn't that I wanted to die. It's just, I wanted that pain to end. Yeah. I, you know, got tired of waking up in pain every day. Um, and then it wasn't until like I um, had this dream and in this dream, the Lord just basically told me what this represents right now or how you feel right now. It won't feel like this always. And it took me back to the cross. Like when Jesus, you know, the cross, what does the cross represent to you? Mm. It, can, it can represent a lot to me. I say love, mm-hmm. but sacrifice. Mm hmm also the ability to endure okay hard times so love sacrifice the ability to endure but back in those days um when jesus was crucified it represented death it represented agony it represented murder um but now that same cross that same um symbol that represented death and murder and agony and all those things now it is this central um, symbol for Christianity yeah. that represents love and faith yeah. and all those things. So what it means today, it didn't mean back then. And what you hear what I'm saying? Oh, that's, yeah, I'm, so it's right there. Yeah. So that's that's like so what I'm feeling right now. Like I feel like this right now, but if I get to the other side of this, this pain that I feel on this side, it won't feel the same and it won't represent the same thing on the other side of it. I just have to keep enduring. I have to go through. I have to push through it. And I have to get to the other side of this. I can't quit. There's no quitting. Like, there's no quitting. And that's why we are here. That's why we have uh, churches. That's why it's so important to be connected to a loving body of, of believers, um, to be connected to different organizations. That can, that's going to, that's a like purpose pusher. I'm going to push you because you're going to want to quit. You're going to want to quit. Yeah. on yourself quit on your purpose like it's easier just to sit here and not do it because it hurts too bad yeah. but on the other side of you like man i made it through that yeah Whew. well that's one thing that i love about being here at the city of joy because then a lot not a lot of people knew what i was like dealing with mm -hmm. but when i first got to city of joy it was just like everybody just like it was purpose everywhere. Like everybody was doing something mm -hmm. differently. And it was, it was amazing to see. So when I was going through my test and my trials, mm -hmm. when I used, when I walked into this space and I seen everybody walking in there, like their different purposes, it helped me mm -hmm. to like, listen, just keep walking. It's, it became a possibility for you. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you, you can't grow to what you haven't been exposed to. And like, it became a point in time like where, oh man, that's a possibility. Someone like sometimes I tell my, my mentees like, who told you that? Remember I said like, who told you that? Who said that you can't do this? Mm. Who said you can't do that? When you think about it, oh nobody. I told myself that, right? So and like, where did that thought come from? Because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ, who through Christ that strengthens me. You know so. 
Yeah, that's that's the thing. It's a, it's a matter of the possibilities and if it aligns with uh, your potential and what God's will is for your life. Yeah. So. And that's another thing I learned about myself is that I'm a persistent person. Mm-hmm. So all you got to do is give me a, a opportunity and a possibility. That's all I need. And, mm-hmm. and if you give me a possibility that this could be, it's over with. And Period. I'm, and I'm going to, or if I don't have the possibility or the opportunity, I'm going to find that possibility or the opportunity. Come on. Because that's, that's, that's that right there. Because that right there. my faith in God. If I serve a God that can do the impossible, even when it seems like I'm down and out or I'm looking at dry bones, God told him, hey, can these dry bones live? He said, I don't know. You got prophesy to him. He was telling him to prophesy. All yeah. you got to do is prophesy a real situation and it's going to be all right. Mm-hmm. And there were days where like, I don't see it. But one day. Yeah. I, I tell uh, my husband all the time, listen, Throw me in the ocean with anchors <laughs> on my feet. I'm going to find a way to tread water. I'm going to find a way. Like, that's just like, um, that's just the whole thing. I didn't just wake up like this. I didn't grow up like this. They say, literally, I got it out the mud. Got it out the mud through hard work, determination, through grit. And that's another, another enemy, like, to progress is impatience sometimes people want it right now like you see like oh that looks so good or oh I want to do this and I want to do that baby when I tell you that I told you that whole 10 years of serving that was you know and that was just as an adult that was from 18 to 28 years old of like me serving that had nothing to do with me as a kid in the church you know working my grandfather was a pastor you know doing ministry back then like we just don't wake up like this you just don't wake up and just be great it says the steps of a good man are ordered by the lord like you become great one faithful step at a time you can't skip the steps you can't skip the process like that's the thing like like oh i'm like you 22 I'm not talking about you. But I'm just talking about like, you know, talking to somebody like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you comparing yourself to somebody that's 40 plus tax. That's done lived life or even someone like, it, you just don't know what people's journeys are. And you just want to wake up, pop up. Oh, I want to be this. And then you get frustrated when you aren't what you want to be overnight or it's not coming quick enough oh for God. you. But like you have to be faithful over each step because yeah. you can't skip them steps. Cause if you skip a step and baking a cake, I don't know why I want that cake. It's going to be nasty. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I, I learned something about myself this year that I'm, I'm happy to notice like I've grown more patient cause mm. I, I've all, I've never like, being patient especially being a perfectionist you just want it to work a certain way mm-hmm. and it's like you try to take control so you it's no patience but um i say it to say when i was 16 when i set the call uh to ministry over my life mm-hmm. i thought like i was gonna go from like the back of the church to like mm-hmm. just doing everything and it was just in it i feel like it just tickled god like he laughed like nah that's not how it worked mm-hmm. when david was anointed he didn't go straight to being king he went he straight went back to right, them sheep right, right back, back to them to sheep 
And we just think because just because we've been prophesied over, we've been anointed, we've been called into something, it's going to happen like that. And there's a process that we must take. And I'm and now when I look back over it, I am so glad that he didn't think for once to take me from one position to the next position because I would have failed mm-hmm. and then nobody would have knew my name because I would have been somewhere crying like, and like saying, God, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely nothing. So I'm, I'm grateful that he didn't do that. And I'm grateful that he took me along, a pro- along the process so that at each step, I learned something different that's going to help me at the, at the next step. It's just like, it's like, to me, it's like building stairs. Yeah, absolutely. They're character building, building stations. Mm-hmm. Um, as you said, David went right back to the sheep because if he can manage the sheep and lead the sheep, then he could lead the people. He had to defeat the bear and the lion before he can get to Goliath. Yeah. There are steps to these. Like there's levels to this. Yeah. You know, um, it is just you go. You can David as an example. Joseph as an example. It's like can I be faithful in these down seasons because it's preparing me for a season where I gotta leave when people are down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and also leave me for my for my up season because yeah. I think about too like it. Uh, I, even myself and my husband, we were uh, different capacities of ministry. We learned how to work every aspect of it for that. I was like 10 years at our old church and he was there for about 12 and doing like ministry in every capacity. Didn't know that God was preparing us to be the leaders of City of Joy. Had no idea. Would have like called you the devil's a liar and his breath saying if you had to say that, you know, just like, no, we good, you know, but that's like those character building yeah. stations and you can't like um, skip those processes or despise your journey. Cause it's your journey. That's going to authenticate your reach mm. and also authenticate your voice. Yeah. So that's good. And I think uh, for me, I kind of got out of that stage of like going back to patience of being so thirsty for the stage. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it's not even in my mind no more. Yeah. Like, I just wake up and like, all right, I want to do whatever you want me to do. Yeah, because I'm scared of people that want the stage. I'm like, you want the stage? What? Why? I'm actually scared to be on the stage. Yeah, like, why? It comes up with so much. It comes It comes with so much. Like, it, you know, I just I just be concerned when people be thirsty for the stage. Because it's like, oh, you want lights, camera, action, right? Um, like, can you, like... Have you paid your dues in prayer and yeah. fasting? And have you been faithful over a few things? Because when you get up on that stage, your voice has to be authentic. Yeah. And it comes at a cost. You know, the cost of oil is very costly. It is. We have lost, when I say not just like you lost people, like literally lost loved ones, mm-hmm. um, lost relationships, uh like this stuff isn't easy. It's a price associated with carrying the bloodstained banner. Yeah. It comes at a price, and um, you can't covet like my shoes or want to walk in my shoes without being willing to walk in my fire. Sheesh. Yeah. No. Mm. That's that's deep, mm. and that that's really like that's really like the truth, and. It, it's something that I think every young person needs to hear mm-hmm. and needs to learn. Like, be 
be okay with being overlooked. That was that's something that God had to teach me. Mm-hmm. Be okay with being overlooked. Be okay with being ignored. Mm-hmm. Because for one, it's not gonna always be like this. But I want to see what you can do when I just got you. And sometimes you may think it's being overlooked or ignored. It could be a testing. Yeah. To where, like, I know I've been in conversations before. Just like, I'm just going to sit back and see what they do. <laughs> you know? And like, okay, no, don't do that. Don't don't toss the mic there. Don't do that there. Just want to sit back. Let's just sit back and see how they handle themselves. Are they ready for this? Mm-hmm. Can they take the low road? And you mean like, oh, I'm being overlooked. I'm being ignored. No, you're being tested. Yeah. You being tested because I'm like, okay, they was able to handle that. Then, all right, like, you know, um, was it the, the talents and stuff like that? You know, you were faithful over a few. God uh, make you real over many, you know. So um, sometimes you're like, oh, I'm being overlooked. I'm being ignored. No, you're being watched. You're being tested. People are always looking. Mm. Always. When you don't think they looking, they looking, they noticing. Yeah, so that's just a little bit of insider that's good yeah well we we can wrap it up okay on that but what do you want to before we go mm-hmm. what do you want to leave the people with so i want to leave the people with um just to know that you are um destined and poised for victory yes. um one thing that if you don't remember anything else is that it, just as you are you are worthy and you are um deserving of all the good that's going to come in your life and um, just to keep going. Um, if you are not registered, when is this coming out? This um, podcast. We can make it this weekend. Oh, okay. Well, um, if you're not <laughs> registered for I prevail, get registered. Um, it is going to be life changing. We're going to be at Kalahari resorts. Um, you don't want to hear about it. You want to be there to experience it. You so. have to tell them where to get registered at because I'm going to make this, this Okay. for you. So you're going to go to iPreveil365.com. That's iPreveil365.com. And then you're going to click on the little link that says register here or reserve my spot. And we're saving a seat for you, sis, at the table. So, um, yeah, Go ahead and um, make that happen. So go tap in. Tap in. Amen. So before we go, let us uh, pray, and then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Okay. Dear only Father God, we want to just thank you and praise you, Lord, for this day. God, thank you that we have victory in you. Thank you that through you we have victory. And thank you that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. God, I pray for every listener that is listening right now, God, that when they feel like giving up, when they feel like throwing in the towel, God, they will hear your voice say, keep going and keep trying because there is victory on the other side of this. When people are walking through the storm and the rains, Father God, I pray that they do not sit through it, but I pray that they continue to walk through it because, God, there is sunshine on the other side of this, God. Build up our faith and let us always remember that you will some way, somehow get the glory out of this. We praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Jesus amen, name, amen, amen, amen. Man. See y'all on another episode of Grabbing My Sword. God bless y'all and peace out.